Hello and welcome to the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's uh, me, Justin Bullock, and uh, I'd like to say I'm joined by Joachim or Mark, but neither could be bothered uh, to turn up today or be available. So I'm with uh, Oliver Kenward, who is, what are you now? What are you, third, second time on the podcast, though? Second time on the podcast, third stand-in, I think. Disappointed nobody else could make it, so... Uh, Last last minute call in, but uh, I think I put it in as one of your things you have to do. <laughs> you do. Justin's my boss, so he tells me what to do. And I, think I made him turn up. He needed a spare voice for the podcast, <laughs> so that was uh, that was me. But but when he's not bossing me around, uh, I spend a lot of time working with some of our innovative ecosystem partners that are helping Cisco do cool stuff uh, in some of the areas that we'll talk about today, such as your virtual reality. So um, good to be here. Thank you for the uh, for the invite. Second time on, though, mate. Last Second. time you on, we were talking. Network intuitive? We were talking switching. And no, we were. We were talking network, network intuitive, network mate. Automation it's automation and software, which was cool, which is very cool. So um, it's good to be back and uh, obviously didn't do too bad a job to. Uh, you speak to very get, eloquently. To get the you up. speak with the lovely Berkshire accent, you so you're allowed to Queen's English, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody's posh. Right, so we're also joined by. Uh, in, fact, in fact, do you want to do this bit? Because this is. You pick the topic. Oh. Absolutely. And then you could be a proper coach. I'm just going to work on levels today. Yeah, perfect. So they're no, very, very happy to. And it's good to have a uh, illustrious guest list, some here in person and uh, some who couldn't quite manage their diary. So I've had to join us through uh, the wonderful world of, uh, of WebEx teams. But um, let's start with our, with our external guest first. So it's good to have Andy Balker here from, uh, from Web3, who are a solution partner of ours. Andy, thank you for joining us. Thank for, you very much. First time on the WebEx yeah, on, on, on the podcast, podcast even podcast. we'll edit that bit out. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll edit that out. You can see I'm not a regular, but um, no, good, good to have you here, Andy. And maybe just a quick introduction to who you are, who who Web three are, and why you why you're here, and why we're talking about VR with you guys. Oh, what's your name? Where do you come from? What's your name, and where do you come from? So, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, my name's Andy Bowker. I'm the founder of Web uh, three. Uh, I run R and D for Web three, and Web uh, three is a solution partner uh, for Cisco. Uh, working specifically uh, on uh, VR projects with Cisco. And uh, we're here today to talk about how cool VR is and what you can do with it. Nice. VR being virtual reality. Virtual reality. There you go. We're also, can I do the next one? We can share it, mate. Yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah. The next person is the reason I'm here. The reason I have a job. The reason I have a living. I can pay the mortgage. <laughs> what a build-up. It is. It's Tim Mabbott. And he's he, 11 years ago, 11 and a half years ago, he hired me into Cisco and he's regretted it ever since. Well, the, the only reason I hired you is because you look like me. We do look very similar. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought we could do job share. We tried to. <laughs> like half, half, day week, half, half weeks, isn't it? We That's right, yeah. Two and a half days each. It was fantastic. But we couldn't work out the Wednesday or which day we're doing our feet and cocked it up. <laughs> we got rumbled as well, we got, didn't we? <laughs> We got rumble. So welcome, Tim. So uh, what do you do? What do you do? And we know your name's Tim, Tim Lambert, but why, why, uh, why, why are you contributing to this wonderful podcast? So, um, so I, I work in the uh, CTO office in the UK. We're reporting to a chap called Chintan Patel. CTO. So that's fancy. Chief Technology mm, Officer. Yeah. Important. Yeah, it does sound very important, doesn't it? Um, so uh, I, I guess we've got a lot, a lot of luxury within the team. So we've got... Um, oh, we have luxury items. Luxury, we have champagne for breakfast. We get involved in some we fantastic stuff. <laughs> 
So one of the things I'm getting involved in is smart buildings. Fordman and Mies and Hampers. I'm just thinking of Luxury 8 Dunsdale. That comes to my head. It's your Christmas list, isn't it, coming out here? No, I think it's Karen's Christmas list. Love you, Karen. Um, so so we get in, I get involved in smart buildings, which actually we're going to touch on again, I yeah. think, throughout this podcast. Uh, so that's one of the focus. And then the other thing that I'm getting involved in is what we're doing around augmented reality, mixed reality and virtual reality. I want to know more about mixed reality. Is that like like DJing, like you're mixing and you're like, yeah. wiki, wiki, wah, but virtually? You're, you're mixing. Your mix is augmented and virtual reality. No way. One thing. Wow. That's awesome. I am so excited by that. We also got one more person who couldn't make it today in person. Pedro, how could you? You were supposed to be in here. Oh, yes. In our wonderful you know, recording centre. Yeah, it was just going to be too easy. So I, I thought this morning, how can I make it hard for you guys to uh, have me on the call? So, uh, yeah, it was. It, it's a pleasure, pleasure to join you guys and the, this team of excellence as well and discuss VR with you guys. Awesome. And so what do you do, so, Pedro? Uh, a little bit more about myself since everyone is uh, going around the table. Um, I'm, I work for the uh, CTO office uh, with Mr. Tim as well. Um, I'm a software systems engineer. That's the official title. Uh, might mean a lot to you, or might not. Or might mean it means you're uh, the nothing. smartest person on the call, Pedro. Is what it means. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Um, so uh, I focus on mainly on immersion technologies and uh, how can we uh, use software to uh, make the most out of our Cisco boxes, essentially. And uh, one of the one of the applications is. Uh, VR. So one of the things that I focus on is VR, together with Tim, and uh, and yeah, I've been working with uh, Andy for quite a few months now. He's probably fed up with this uh, with my Portuguese Not accent. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Pedro. So um, good, good to have this team together, and guess we'll come today talk about all, all things virtual reality. And I think we've thrown a few through acronyms out there already. And I guess the, the purpose of this podcast is really just give the audience. A feel of what's happening in the market. He's off, isn't he? What the Cisco he's, doing? He's it's right like, off. Like, Calm down. You can, uh, you can leave. I've got this. I've, got this. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've been usurped. You're like, you're like a Jonathan Ross. I'm going more oh, John Watson. But I'll take, I'll take Jonathan Ross. <laughs> <laughs> You've really thrown me off, Nathan. Thank you. Good, because <laughs> you were getting too confident <laughs> and didn't do too good a job. I thought I was. So let's let's start with the very basics. And I don't know who wants to to take this one. What is virtual reality? Well, do you, want, do you want to start with virtual reality or do you want to start with the broad mix of different realities? There's, there, yeah. I do have a special reality. It's called Justin Reality. What yeah. goes on my little world? But I don't think that's JR. 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 I think Jim should, should tell us all how he plays with Pokemon Go, really. Yeah, well, I mean, Pokemon Go is probably a good starting point because. But what what is Pokemon? If, if in the, in the world of what you were talking about, what, what is Pokemon Go? I think so, hopefully people understand what Pokemon Go is. If not, go look it up online or something. Yeah, so Pokemon Go, obviously, it's a game, isn't it? But it basically allows you to leverage augmented reality on a mobile device. So you download the app, and you'll get digital assets in front of the uh, the camera on your phone. And you'll be able to interact with those digital um, uh, Pokemon, I think it's Pokemons <laughs> on on the phone and play games. 
There we are. So that's so augmented reality. That's augmented reality then. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. is, you're in the real world and you're using something like a phone or, to see something else that's not in the room or well, in yeah. the, in the could, place, space even, that you're it's, in. It's even simpler than that. You download an app, you look at the screen and virtual monsters turn up in front of you yeah. and you chase them around fields, woods, towns and earn points and be a hero. And, and, and Ollie had a Pokemon, Pokemon Go player here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've never done it actually. But you nearly you had a bad experience the other day, nearly, didn't you? You oh, were out yeah. walking walking the dog with your with your lovely young daughter and thought you'd walked into something it was bad. Just a disturbing experience. <laughs> yeah. I was just ca- casually walking the dog into uh, into the local woods to find you know, probably seventy, a hundred uh, pretty a- adolescent aged teenagers in the woods and you're quite wondering what was what was going on. But uh, And you walked were, around, didn't you? you I, were... I took a different path. Yeah. <laughs> it was late at night, I thought I'm just not even gonna get involved. I'm Whoa. going somewhere else. And uh, yeah, it turns out they were just hunting Pokemon. Which uh, I thought kind of the Pokemon trend had subsided like a year ago, but uh, apparently not. It's making a uh, it's making a comeback, obviously. Yeah. yeah. It's it's coming back now, yeah. And uh, there's a uh, Harry Potter coming out as well so they call it the harry potter wizards unite so uh people will start going around witching if you, if you may or uh, wizarding in, uh, in augmented reality very cool and i guess that's what pretty most people's concepts are of sort of vr and, and ar at the moment it's pretty more they'd say consumer-led thinking that people at home with their playstations maybe using the oculus rift headsets or whatever they might have to to experience gaming in a different way is that kind of fair to Fair to say, yeah, I, I, I think so. I think you know, if you think about VR, it's really sort of come from the gaming world. Um, you know, there's you've mentioned some headsets. Oculus Rift is is one type of headset. HTC Vive is another type of headset. The PlayStation VR is another type of headset. So there's all these headsets. So is it just about the headset, or is it because that's what? Because I well, did play a VR game once. It's, no. Once over a friend's house at Christmas, and their son had just got a, got the PlayStation. Other play, consoles are available, but I do prefer the PlayStation. If you want to send me one, um, uh, but I played it, and it was like, all right, it was a bit of a shooty game. Mm. I didn't yeah. feel sick doing it though. But I, I mean, you sat down. Pardon? We sat down or stood up? No, no, I was stood up, but I didn't feel sick. I was like, because you were talking about, I wasn't, how do you feel sick? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've used them before, not, not kind of. Lots and lots, but my certain experience was you put this headset on, you're sort of immersed in this fully virtual world, and you can't do it for a long time, right? It sort of feels a bit like you might have had one too many lemonades and you feel a little bit drowsy and perhaps mm-hmm. it's not as slick as you expect it to be. So if you turn round, you know, there's a bit of lag in terms of what the, the graphics do with you. I think that was kind of the impression that I got. Is it a bit too early? It was a bit it was quite cool. You put it on like, wow, this is this is a bit different, but Actually, it wasn't quite the experience that that I was expecting. I think that's the key point, though. But is that is that virtual reality or is that that's virtual reality? That is virtual reality. So when you put a headset on and you're totally immersed from a visual perspective in the environment that you're in, that's virtual reality. That's virtual reality. Stick a goggle on, you're virtual reality. If I've got no goggles on and I'm using another device to see, like Pokemon, that's augmented reality. That's augmented reality. So you can you can can have AR on your mobile device. You could. Do. AR taking your glasses, glasses off doesn't help for listeners. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's an audio yeah. thing. The it's an audio thing. Yeah. yeah, but I've got glasses on, and Intel, they were going to bring out some glasses that look very similar to my glasses. You look a bit and, like uh, Ronnie Corbett. And yeah. and they've got augmented reality embedded within them. Oh, so wow. you could be walking down the street, and you'd get content. 
coming up on your glasses. It's, it's, it's obviously rumoured that Apple are coming to market with it as well because yeah. they've integrated AR kit into iOS now. So have they? It, yeah, Ooh. it's on every single phone. Every single iPhone has augmented reality capability built into it. And it's, it's not yeah. a, an a, illogical step that they'll put it into glasses next. Yeah. And, and the same with Google. Yeah. They've got AR core into, into all of the Android devices as well. So go on, Pedro. Yeah, and yeah, just going back to the point that Andy raised, and from a, a developer perspective, um, Apple also released their AR developer kit so people can actually develop in AR and then release it into the Apple Store. So it is becoming more and more a reality, similar, similar to what happened when Apple Store first became a thing and people then started developing um, apps for iPhone. Now Apple is doing the same for AR, so uh, it's becoming more trendy, yeah. if you may, as well. I mean, it, you know, it's a relatively small market still at the moment. It's probably about $2 million. Um, and the expectation is that this will probably be about $160 billion market in the next five years. Yeah. So just to put some context on that, the PC market is $120 billion currently. So it's going to be bigger than the PC market. And the expectation is by about 2030 is that we'll no longer have mobile devices. Everybody will have AR devices and a chip in your wrist, of course. A chip in your wrist. Yeah. So it's going to be a it's going to be a huge market and something that we'll definitely see growing over the next five ten years. And what are the key things that are driving that then, Tim? Because that's a big leap from where we are now to to five years time. What's going to be making up those dollars? What are the use cases that people will will spend their hard earned money on to to get use well, you know, some serious use out of this beyond sort of gaming and Pokemon going in the woods late at night? I mean, even simple things like, you know, we all use our mobile devices for navigating around cities and stuff like that. Isn't it a bit of a pain that you're actually having to look down at your mobile device whilst also looking up to see where you're actually going? If you've actually got some headset that looks fairly trendy... Um, the interesting thing, though, is because the, the, the... Which of the glasses? did Who made the glasses? Was it... Um, Microsoft was it? The Hololens. Yeah, and they the the, the, the Google sorry Google glasses wasn't it? Go, yeah. They yeah, made them Google and they and they lasted yeah. not very long, did they? So is this the same sort of? Is this going to be a similar sort of phase? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think they were quite early in terms of what they were putting out to market, and I don't think the market was actually ready for those Google glasses. Um, but they're, they're you know Google are actually looking at. You know what, what? What's next? And I think they've put a lot of investment now into mobile because I think the adoption, obviously, of mobile devices, but certainly for augmented reality, is going to happen much quicker than you know putting glasses and headsets on because people won't actually put something on that's huge onto their face. Well, not not to walk around town or something. I mean, no, if, exactly. I'm, if I'm walking from A to B, and, and I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm do that every time as soon as I get on the underground I'll get out of the underground in London I'm like where's my phone get it out where am I going do I go left or right take 10 paces one way then turn around go the other way yeah it's not bridge end is it it is not bridge end thank you Ollie <laughs> yes it is not bridge end where I know where I'm going because there's not many places to go fast Lloyds <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I think you, you <laughs> the worst thing is I nearly went to say the street that it's on as well because I don't <laughs> And, and I think those sort of apps, they're already starting to come into AR. So, for example, Gatwick Airport, if you download their app, they've just recently launched a new app. 
you can start get getting indoor navigation in Gatwick Airport using augmented reality. How do I get to my terminal? How do I get to my exit gate? And it will start to provide context about where you are actually within the airport. So, for example, if you're approaching, I don't know, the, um, the gate where you've, you've got to exit and you've only got 10 minutes left, and then you start to leave, it will vibrate the phone to say, you're actually leaving the gate. Are you sure you want to do that? So it will sort of give you a notification. Um, so those sort of elements are coming into the, uh, the, the applications. And obviously that brings in other location-based services that we provide from Cisco using wireless infrastructure to be able to provide that context, you know, sensor information about where you are actually within the building. So all of these technologies are going to start to come together, you know, IoT, wireless, augmented reality. So I have a slightly different perspective to Tim, which is which is exactly what we'd expect. Mm -hmm. um, so you asked Ollie where the markets are for this technology, and Tim has quite rightly outlined where it sits with the consumer space. Yeah. But then there's the enterprise space, which is how do we make it useful for industry, for enterprise, for for doing things and, and making things. And I have a belief that in that sector, probably virtual reality, you know, the fully immersive type of thing where you do put a headset on, may be slightly more useful and actually more utilised. And when you look at the statistics, the market's roughly split in half. So, you know, at the, in the early days, we thought that consumer VR or consumer uh, um, virtual reality would be... Uh, the main market for it but actually as you now look at the stats it's roughly split um, and you know going back to a point that you made earlier about sort of motion sickness and your experience this is the key point uh, the different technologies are going to have different relevant use cases to them we're just working out what those use cases are so fully immersed virtual reality where the computer makes the whole world for you the experience you um, described Ollie where you have the motion sickness, that's very critical that the, the compute performance is high so that motion sickness is, is absolutely so, eradicated. So that's what causes the, the motion sickness, is the lagging, is it? Is it's, it it's, yeah, it's called latency in the industry, but it, it effectively is the time between your movement and what your eyes receive back as an image. So as you move, the picture needs to move with you, otherwise your ears become unbalanced because you, you know the sensors in your body are saying, hang on, I took a step forwards, but the world didn't move forwards with me. Mm. And so to eradicate that, you need to run a really high performance uh, computer to, to do it. Now, fully immersive reality is useful where the whole world has to be made for you. But it, it is very critical that you right, have the right amount of compute for it. Augmented reality, however... Were you talking about compute? Because I know you're, jumping, you're moving this, the conversation on, Annie, which is lovely. And... The bit is sticking me. So this, if this augmented or this virtual reality, so I'm going to go back to basics as in I'm going to the experience that I had playing on a, a games console yeah. and doing it that way. That was because that processing on the, on the console wasn't quick enough to keep up with my eyes, like you were saying. Is, is that a fair statement to say? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So in a industry or an industrial or an enterprise or a, a, a environment yeah. where aug virtual reality yeah. or augmented reality would be used, you would need, you don't have a games console. You actually have a bunch of computers, virtual computers running in a data center somewhere, either up in the, in the cloud or 
on or, or in a data center somewhere i'll just leave it at that but that's what's happening so it's not actually happening right next to me as in on the computer that i'm, I'm using or a playstation or a games console that's next to me this has all been done somewhere that, cap- that compute capacity has been has been done away mm. in a data center somewhere not yet and, and no that, is that what so okay that's one of the things that we're trying to solve uh, at cisco so the Currently, the headsets, the, the fully immersive virtual reality headsets, need a dedicated high-performance computer. For gaming, that, that computer can be two or three thousand pounds. For the enterprise use, that machine can be fifteen to twenty-five thousand pounds. So you'd still have to have a specific computer. Yeah. X eighty six, whatever. If, 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 mm. However, you want to get complicated, but it's a specific computer. Yeah. Server to do it. So yeah. it's not something that it, it. So it's. So it's not that far away from. The PlayStation, well, uh, the games console. So I'm trying not to say PlayStation. Too I much. think Nvidia say that only one percent of the PCs in the market at the moment can support VR. Wow, only one percent. So we are proper right at this. Even though it doesn't feel like it's a start of a market of an industry or a trend or something, because I know Pokemon's been around it's for been talked about for a long time, hasn't it? You see yeah. it on films and early releases of VR. It's just something that we've talked about for a long time, right? You've heard about for a long time. Yeah, but it feels but, like we're kind of at that tipping point. But, and I'm just asking the question because really that's useful. how it's feeling from what we're talking about. Yeah. So, you know, just to make that really, really clear. So um, in terms of the different technology types, the fully immersive stuff, this 1% of compute, that's really important that you have that, that level of compute performance yeah. because of that movement. Now, when you talk about augmented reality, which is why the two compete with each other, augmented reality is when you still have the world in view. You can still see all the reference points in the room. So augmented reality can be slower because you have the reference points that your brain needs as you're moving. So if you're imposing an image into the world that you're already in, you can see that wall, you can see the carpet, you can see the staircase. Your your brain has its reference points. So that's like so like the split. Pokemon Go thing is it's the I am. And I'm sorry to go back to it. It's it's that I can I'm seeing what I'm doing and there's an uh, reality uh, augmented reality has been put into the the world that I'm the environment that I'm in. Yeah. So I'm not relying a hundred percent on a set of goggles to give me every single visual sensory function that I need to not fall over. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely right, and that's where the difference is between the two technologies in reality, uh, and that's that's why both technologies are finding their own sweet spots. Oh, right, you know, okay. Where, where will it land? So with augmented reality, you know, the idea that I can put a, a manual in front of my face whilst I'm working on a car, does that manual have to really catch up with how my head moves? No. But if I wanted to look at a hazardous engine and I didn't want to travel to it, then I'd want the full engine in the headset. And that's an idea of two separate use cases for the technology. So, so, so from the engine bit, so that would be... so. It, what you're saying is that I could have a camera pointing at at a, at a, at a live engine environment, an, an engine running, yeah. an engine running, yeah, or, or okay, but somewhere that's dangerous, or that you go, I don't want to be next to it. I can be somewhere else, but you could be somewhere else with that image yeah. being augmented. Is that <laughs> I am u- using new vocabulary for a Welsh. In it, I'm getting yeah. but that so so in my head I'm going so you could have somebody like cameras pointing at something else mm. in another environment, another place, physically yeah. another place, and you could be saying right, I'm acting as if I'm in that environment, going right, I'm I'm looking left, I want to look left, I want to look down. Yeah, I can see that there's hot oil spurting out of that now. That so that's the, where yeah. the problem is. It's, it's, is that is that it's called see what I see. 
Yeah. Is, right. So have yeah. I described that correctly? I just want to make sure I've got that. Let's go for an extreme use case, which probably wouldn't work because Mars is too far away. But if you had the Mars uh, land rover uh, in a hazard, quite a hazardous environment and you wanted to experience the environment that that, that rover was in, you would use virtual reality. If, however, you were in a spacesuit stood next to the uh, Mars rover... And you just want to see and, its perspective. And you want it? to fix it, you know, you want to work oh. on it, then augmented reality would be the chosen use case. And that's the point. That but you could think of millions of things to that. Especially in industry, and you think, like, the things I'm coming up with, like, uh, you know, you could, like, oil rigs or anywhere that's in a hazard environment. And, and be and, and you, I'm even thinking of a military environment. You think, well, actually... And you think about maybe on an aircraft carrier or something like that and go, look, that could be miles away, as in physically, I don't need to be there to do it. But if I can augment the reality of what I'm trying to look at or fix or, or whatever, then... I mean, it's brilliant for training. Training is a fantastic... Is that the main one, is it? Is, is that... it's, it's one of a few, I would say. Training. Yeah, it's one of a few. Um, yeah, it's I mean, definitely one of a few. I mean, you think of sort of com complex environments like uh, healthcare. You know, yeah. training our doctors to do surgery or something like that. Just think if you could actually transport somebody into a virtual reality world and train somebody. Stick some, gloves, open, some, some fancy gloves on them and look at Open heart surgery. I mean, it's, it, wow. you know, it's a good way of training our doctors. Isn't Ollie, it? what does Pedro think? And it's a bit weird because we are bringing him up via yeah. by the Pedro's power of... Pedro's on my laptop staring yeah. at me via video and he's <laughs> and he got his hand up. He really, he's got something he really wants to chip But in, I'm really so glad that you're working out how to do it. <laughs> it better be good, Pedro. Yeah, I want to speak. I want to speak. No, I I just wanted to, to raise a use case that me and Andy uh, been working on um, for a while, which was uh, going back to, to your point, Justin, on, on the oil rigs. So we, we got in touch with our team in Dubai, actually, and they work with uh, with some uh, some of our customers over there that currently they use drones to uh, to do maintenance in, in some of their oil rigs because, you know, it's, uh, they are hazardous um, situations. So what we're looking at is actually controlling those drones in VR. So it gives the operator full immersive experience. And uh, we're looking at that actually using, uh, using WebEx as well uh, to get the video feed through VR. So yeah, that's another uh, very interesting web uh, use case that we, uh, we're looking towards uh, using VR. Cool, thank you, Pedro. So it sounds like that was good. Uh, it's all good. Yeah, you're bringing the intelligence to uh, to the call. So it kind of sounds like there's some use cases around hazardous environments that are kind of physically difficult to to get to potentially. Are there other things that you're seeing, Andy, from a from an M3 perspective that we were talking to you about and problems there? Well, so looking to solve. Yeah, I mean, what we're really interested in is how it can be useful today. So what's the sort of habitual use cases for these technologies? You know, so where can we fit a technology into a design workflow to to make it uh, more productive? You know, to, to get that car out to market more quickly. Um, you know, where can we use it in retail to um, to make the shopping experience more useful? So more mundane shopping that should be something that you can consume from home um, and and save the trips out for stuff that you know really really Cause, interesting because the interesting thing about shopping and we did talk about this when we were we're prepping beforehand like I, I do say to, to the listeners we do do some prep most married men will struggle i would say and that's the bias things. i'm bringing i'm saying most because some you mean people like yourself uh ollie i know you love to go uh, shopping um <laughs> he loves to get a check shirt doesn't he? yeah yeah he loves to check shirts <laughs> burgundy, right? burgundy is his favorite color <laughs> any you see him in a shirt it's guaranteed chance it's going to be burgundy um <laughs> 
that's revenge for him taking the mickey out of me earlier on in my dress sense um but we talk about shopping experiences and i would say and i can speak for myself that i don't particularly enjoy going around the shops in a supermarket now and if you could imagine now but but the thing that comes from that's just come to me is that the thing that's the difference is you could and 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 my wife hates me for this because when I, when we, she makes me do go shopping with her, more goes in the trolley because you're walking down the aisle and you're going, ooh, that's not on the list, but I really fancy that. Take it down, put it in the basket. But if you're shopping online, as in I'm looking at my computer screen and going, I'll have a list, this is what I need, and I'll go click, 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 buy, 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 and I'll buy what I want. But from a retail perspective, when you're in store, you always buy what you, more than you went in for. Yeah. Now... This sounds to me like a, it's a, I know all, all the men in the world. Are, oh, there you go. I'm bringing a bias there, but people might go, "Oh my God, that's now solving the problem of I can actually have the same experience shopping." As in, from from a retailer thinking, I can have somebody go. They can do it from home. They can walk around the shop. They can see all everything that's live in that shop, and then go, "I want that. I want that." Oh, do you know what? Actually, I don't want that. I can see the offer on that. I fancy well, that one. He, I don't know. Have I just gone off on a on a, on a tangent? <laughs> I think you were talking about chores yeah. that you don't like doing. And trying to no, find but, the way but, out but that's doing the them. difference. So the difference between online shopping and real life shopping is that I always will spend more in a shop in real life than I would do if I literally click it to buy what I want. It's experience, right? It's, it's I guess your online shopping. You see, it's still a bad experience, but I'm spend. I always spend more. I go into Lidl. I tell you what, I walk out of stuff I didn't even know I wanted. I, I, I mean, it's I that sort of Central Island Lidl. It gets you every time, doesn't it? Does, it doesn't it? I love yeah. it. What a you know, it's the, what, the, the Isle of Dreams. It is. Is that what, what you call it? The, the Isle, Isle of Dreams. Dreams. <laughs> you come out with an inflatable canoe, and uh... <laughs> we, we've oh, we've come out with some amazing stuff. It's a, I, my life. If I'm a good boy, if I'm good, my wife lets me go to Lidl on Sunday. Everyone's got I, so excited talking about the Central Island Lidl. Yeah. Pardon? My chainsaw's still in its box. Did you buy one? Well, I had to. So cheap. <laughs> I can dream of cutting down a tree. I've now. actually, I, I, I've used my chainsaw. Oh, geez. where was this from? Costco. Oh, whoa! Oh. Hello, men in Zebra. We have a supporter. Don't know what little is. And I need going back to the luxuriness. Of yeah, yeah. I've got Costco is not luxury. Is it? <laughs> oh, you're such a snob. Get on with it. Uh, carry on, Andy. I'll edit him out. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's dead simple. If you look at how society's changing uh, and how we now want to live, work and play, you know, live, <laughs> living, <laughs> living, working and playing is, is more important to us than anything. So I think, you know, anybody at the moment is looking at how they live their lives and working out what's important to them because we're all so busy. So is the idea that a person walks around a supermarket for four hours on a Saturday morning with screaming kids something that everybody enjoys? Or actually, could they walk around a virtual world that's driven by one of the very popular online uh, shops with all their products in and have as good an experience? Uh, and I think the online retailers would probably want to support that for the exact reason that, that you said, Justin. You know, It's kind of like um, as you walk around, you think, oh, I'd, I'd fancy one of those. It, it transforms the list from being a list to actually a fully, you know, almost real experience well, I know I can guarantee I went into Tesco's the other day my wife told me to get a chicken 60 quid later <laughs> I, I walked out with the chicken and other stuff <laughs> and, and it was all my fault but, it, but that's the thing but if yeah. you can go, if I could say go to the shop and do and have that online shopping experience in the sense of like an augmented reality or a virtual reality of I'm walking around or I can just go right I'm, I'm going to, what's live in the shop now on the shelf I can have that on shelf experience yeah 
But what if you were to go through your list? So let's say you went to a popular online retailer, you went through your list, you were happy, and at the end of the list, the online retailer was to say, um, why don't you stick on your immersive, your reality headset, should we just call it that for now, Tim, whichever type it is, to complete the, the transaction. But then as you do that, it takes you on a journey through what you've bought and is making suggestions about what else you could buy at the same time. The, the thing with these technologies is that it can be whatever we want it to be. There is no physicality left with it. You know, as we, however you want to do this is however you can do it as long as you can code it. And I think you can Pedro even was. pick your favorite shop, couldn't you? In yeah. the sense of, you mean, in my town, there are multiple stores yeah. of the same vendor, whatever you want to call it. And I can go, do you know, but I really like the layout of that shop. I want to go shopping in that shop in my virtual world. Build your own high street. Build mm. your own shopping centre. And oh, now we're talking God. about Ready Player One, aren't we, of course? So. I haven't seen that. Cloud part. VR. Go on, Pedro yeah. wants to come in. I th yeah, the, the, the other thing really interesting for retailers as well is, uh, I don't know about you guys, but usually if I go grocery shopping, I usually just go all the time, like through the same aisles, right? And uh, what retailers now can do is point you towards the aisles that you don't usually go through and get you to buy something different and try different stuff. So within virtual reality, they can build the aisle to suit your needs, if that makes sense, uh, like Andy was saying, and get you to explore different products and make you spend more money. So uh, Justin, you probably would have spent, instead of 60 quid later, it would probably be 120. <laughs> I don't like it like now. I don't like it now. I don't want it. Thank you, Pedro. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, that's something else. But that, of course, Tim, would be driven by AI, wouldn't it? It would be some sort of AI engine to have that sort of level of intelligence in the environment. I, I think there's, there's a lot of sort of uh, different technologies that come into this, isn't there, really? AI and machine learning and how we can start to leverage all of those technologies to deliver different types of experience i mean it's you know as you say you could pedro in that scenario you could just personalize a uh, an environment just for justin because they know all of his shopping habits based on what he's bought before and that if he goes down that aisle with all these products it's quite likely he's just in shopping them. habits are just ted baker clothes and uh, podcast equipment yeah, but but that's it. It would be an aisle just tailored for him, and he'd go, "Oh, I need one of those." Oh, I need a new mic. Oh, one, oh. one of those, one of those, and it would be, yeah. I mean, there'd be loads of stuff that you'd buy, but it would be a tailored shopping centre. Wow, just for you. So Thank this you. is why the high street is dying off because yeah. people are moving to online now. The high street isn't keeping up, and and if the high street isn't careful, the next wave will will. Well, you mean it's, it's been renounced? You mean um, John Lewis is struggling as well, aren't they? They, they, they? Their results came out. They've always been fairly profitable and, and ridden the wave of the, of the, they've and they've always had multi-channel. This is like, is this another channel to the multi-channel? Yeah. yeah, it is. Oh yeah, but this is the one that people need to start investing in now because, whilst we might say it's only one percent, if you're not actually moving now or, or working out what it can do for you now you're going to miss the bus. You know, this is the beginning of the wave. and it's like, Well, it does yeah. feel very early, even though, like you say, we've been doing Pokemon Go and all the other game consoles have been out for a while. It's still early days from a... From a, I, a, a go on. I was going to say, it, it is still nascent. I mean, it is very, very early on, especially when you start looking at the enterprise side for virtual reality. I think As in, like, what businesses can use it yeah, for and, I, and to help I, I them be... So buy the more profitable make more money yeah. save more money i mean what, what or even reduce what, risk you know my observation and i'm sure you probably agree andy is that 
lots of organizations are looking at it, but they're looking at it in a small proof of concept sort of environment, see how they could start to use it for a particular sort of project. But it's not something that's going to be like, let's give it to the whole organization. No, you got, you got, if you're in, if you, is this going to be something just for small yeah. businesses or can, can, can big, is this, just, oh, I, sorry, not just for, sorry. Is this just for big business or is this for anybody? It has to be for anybody because if you're not looking at these, these transformative strategies, then, you know. Because we've only just started talking about, you mean, we, about how a small business can still, you mean, use the cloud. They can be as agile or they can be more agile than a big corporate and because all the functionality is out there, the technology out there, I can access it in the cloud and that sort of stuff. And we're only just sort of getting there. So as imagine a small business going, right, I'm just getting used to the cloud and trying to get all this use, getting all my apps online and, 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 and that sort of thing. And then next thing you know, I'm going, well, you need to start thinking about AR and VR and well, mixed no, reality and, and, and Tim's reality. <laughs> Which is a long, far, far away from the yeah, galaxy. Yeah. Far, yeah. far away. <laughs> There's a lot of rude signals in this room. No, but it's our job as as as, as technologists to to make it simple for everybody yeah. to understand. And the only way you're going to do that is by understanding what the use cases are in the industries and verticals and and different uh, okay. organisations. So outside of retail, then what what do we think they are? What are you guys seeing customers care about? Because I can see this has been a way of like just reducing a time to get a project done to get multiple people working on the same thing at the same time in a very different way than they would have had to do before yeah and I guess in my head that lends itself to like maybe yeah. manufacturing I mean, or manufacturing design is, or is a very good, good construction example. those sorts of things that typically have very very long lead times that have multiple iterations of a concept I, I think what, you know process. anywhere where you've got potentially you know very expensive equipment in an industrial context uh, and VR could be used to help with training, could be used to help with operating the machinery, whatever, whatever that may be, or could be used to help with actually repairing that bit of um, yeah. manufacturing equipment. You know, for manufacturers, one minute of downtime typically costs around $20,000. So if you can reduce that downtime for when equipment goes faulty, well, that's it, got to be a good thing. And VR is a fantastic environment to be able to help people fix really complex stuff. It, it, in the automotive sector at the moment, the time to market for a vehicle is 36 months. And everybody, wow. you, you know, if you look at the manufacturers, how many cars are they producing now? There's such a massive range of cars. There's six different SUVs. There's five different saloons and a couple of sports cars. And, you know, the race is how many sort of bespoke vehicle experiences can I produce so that I can sell to every different type of consumer. So if that's what you're trying to do, really the time to market that the automotive sector is looking for is 18 months. Well, if you could design that vehicle or that part or those components in these uh, immersive reality worlds, in these new specially computer-generated worlds, does that mean that I could look at the part before I even print it on the 3D printer or before I even uh, uh, you know, look at it in foam or clay? Could, could I actually look at it next to the parts next to it and actually make a decision on that part more quickly and collaborate with the other designers? And how much will that shorten the time to market of the production of a vehicle? You know, a fine example is if you're a global organisation and you've got an expert in the States on fuel lines and your, de your developers in the UK or your designers in the UK have designed a new vehicle and need that expertise, how do you get that expertise? Mm. At the minute that expertise gets on an aeroplane 
or you send the data to that expert for them to review as part of their schedule or diary. Well, if you had it in an immersive world where everybody could collaborate on that part, you'd just book it like you'd book a meeting, like a, a, you know, a WebEx meeting or a telepresence meeting or, or even this sort of meeting, uh, although Pedro obviously wasn't able to get here. I mean, um, you know, it's enough cheap digs at Pedro. <laughs> we'll, we'll move so, on. So, so, so I mean, Paul, <laughs> Porsche is a, is a good example. You know, they've, they've, they're using the technology to be able to help with fixing their cars. You know, Porsche cars are probably quite complex now, with lots of computers in them, very sophisticated. And what they've found is actually they've had to send out people to all of the dealerships to be able to support some of the real complex problems. They've been using VR and augmented reality to be able to provide that remote expert to the so it's not that so it's not that far off then. No, I mean, people if, if people it. are using it now, then because uh, the feeling I was getting early on, gone Pedro. No, I, I, yeah, I was going to say that you know uh, it's it's not far off at all, and uh, I think I'm, I might be a bit naughty here, but you know I'm, I'm way too excited. Uh, but what Andy <laughs> said about you know having uh, uh, the marrying the WebEx world with the VR world is something that we're now able to do. So we, you can have experts in, let's say, China um, that do some part of your engine and then you have other experts um, of other parts of the automotive in the, uh, in the UK and you can have them both join the WebEx and one of them can be in VR doing everything, uh, everything and showing you the part in 3D in the VR world while the other ones are uh, in WebEx and uh, you know getting and discussing that part, for example, so that's something that we is not really far off. It's something that we can already do. So that's that's, that's cool. mixing augmented reality with virtual reality, then, isn't it? And with it, collaboration. Tools. Yes, it is. That's mixed mm. reality, then, isn't it? Right there. Y yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's not go on that. No. <laughs> so there was well, that's the other thing, though, isn't it? I think sometimes you think you have to have a headset to be involved in this environment. But that, that excludes anyone without a headset, right? We, and there'll be multiple people that need to access the information that's happening in that virtual reality session. So be able to bring people in using the tools that they know and love from Cisco in WebEx, right? Is a really cool thing to be able to do. You know, yeah. the, more, the more kind of brain power you can get behind it and the more experts you can get into that session without the requirement for hardware or, or supercomputing that you talked about earlier, is pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's the so what what do we we've talked about WebEx a lot so far? Is there what are the other things that Cisco are doing to help participate in this wonderful world of VR, AR, MR, XR? So, so, yeah, I mean let's let's just touch on what Cisco's doing specifically in terms of our own development. So we've we've got WebEx VR. Um, it's not a product that we're selling at the moment, but you can download the software. You can try it out on a HTC Vive and an Oculus Rift. So, you know, it works on some headsets. You can see what the, uh, the, the experience is like. So anybody familiar with WebEx and WebEx Teams would be able to see what that environment is like actually in a VR headset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you'd be able to go into a virtual room, be able to see avatars of other people that are in the WebEx um, conference. You'd be able to pick up a coffee cup in the virtual world. Um, you'd be able to throw that coffee cup at the <laughs> other participants if they're saying rubbish. I'm getting so um, excited now, too, uh, about can, picking up a coffee, coffee cups around. You, you can pick up a 
virtual water gun and shoot the other participants as well. So it's all good the fun. I mean, you we're, do in we're the just. CTO office, eh? I mean, we're just testing. Is that what you do? We're just testing testing the water to see what the experience is okay. like. See what customers would actually feel like in, in that environment, and okay. maybe look at some of the use cases where they could potentially use it. So, what are the other things are we doing? Um, Augmented reality in WebEx. So we can te- we can use this today. So go to your mobile app if you're a WebEx user. Download the web- latest WebEx app on your mobile phone, either Android or iOS. And you can now start to put digital artifacts actually into the conference that you've joined. And you can walk around that digital artifact. So for example, I could maybe have a WebEx team board in a conference which is all digital I can see it through my phone mm-hmm. and point at it through my phone and I can walk around the WebEx team board and look at the back of it the front of it so great for sort of design type um, environments and the other participants can see what I'm seeing so they could actually look at that that board as well so it might be a good sales tool as well you know if we're trying to sell it to uh, individuals or customers and say this is what we mean by a WebEx board. These are the buttons, these are the lights, this is what this does. And you can actually you know, interact with that digital object mm-hmm. actually in WebEx Teams. Okay. So that's augmented reality. Um, so there are two things that we're actually developing and there's SDKs for that as well so that we can software start de- to- Software developer kits. Software yeah. developer kits. And we're partnering with other companies so that they can t- start to develop their own platforms to be able to provide that remote expert capability within WebEx Teams. So another company, Anthea, is a company that has taken that SDK, that Software Development Kit, and started to provide a remote expert type capability in their platform, which is a workflow platform for the manufacturing for the utilities or the industrial sector. Um, So again, we're working with partners like that. Um, the other thing that we've done is we're starting to invest. So obviously there's an investment arm to Cisco, investments.cisco.com. Uh, we've invested in a company called Pixana, uh, which is a relatively small company. Uh, and they provide a, a content distribution uh, solution. So again, we're sort of getting involved in, in startups as well. So there's, there's various different ways that we're getting involved. But I think what it does, it starts to... When we, I think for me, the, the interesting thing is when we start to combine not just virtual reality and augmented reality in WebEx, but how we combine that with things like wireless infrastructure and how we start to provide location-based services, how we start to in- introduce things like IoT and the sensor technology to be able to provide context about where people are actually sitting and you know information that can be digitally um, visualized within the virtual reality mm. world. So I think there's there's different areas that we're sort of working on, okay. and then obviously, Ep three, which oh. I think is a whole big <laughs> subject. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is thanks to. Um, I mean, so you know, we've gone through a, a sort of skirted around a couple of use cases, all of which uh, you know we're working on at the moment. Um, but one of the things we're sort of co-developing with Cisco at the moment is the concept the that the that really expensive PC we spoke about early mm. earlier can be moved to a data center. So, you know, you centralize all that compute resource so it can be booked on demand whilst you develop your VR and AR and XR strategy. So uh, that's a world first, something that we've, we've been doing with Cisco in the UK. But the most interesting thing that we've been doing with it and is actually real today, because, you know, we've, 
had some great conversations about where we're going with this and how exciting it is. And I'm genuinely, absolutely mega excited about the whole thing. I just, it just blows my mind. But the use case in construction is mega. It's absolutely mega. Uh, the construction sector at the moment is going through a state of transformation like nothing else, where other industries have already digitally transformed to a large extent, you know, that being uh, sort of lean or smart manufacturing uh, in automotive or aerospace. Uh, you know, the banking system's moving online and all that sort of stuff. The construction industry has, has moved forwards at a much slower pace. Uh, you know, the concept that you, you design everything in 3D is, is only just becoming a reality now. And then the concept that you, what you produce is smart is only mm. just becoming uh, a reality now. However, uh, I do know of a construction company at the moment that use collaborative VR today for them to have um, final discussions and negotiations uh, and also error checking with their clients. So the idea is, is that five people can walk around a building before it's even been built, before you've even put a spade in the ground and look at it is mind-blowing. That whole idea is mind-blowing and it happens now. There are companies making millions and millions of dollars a month out of collaborative VR for that purpose. And the way it works is like this, you know, as you're designing the building, everybody who's designing it and part of it, they come together in this collaborative space to look at, look at it. So the designers or the architects will produce the concept and then the quantity surveyor, the person who's got control of the money, will then come to the project and say, right, okay, why are we using that sort of floor tile? Because I could change the colour of that floor tile and save us money. Why are we using that particular brand of lift? If, if we used a different brand of lift, it might cost less to, to support and run over the next uh, 15 or 25 years of the, uh, of the building. You know, this is all driven by BIM or building information modelling and, and, and two government standards that I won't bore you with uh, that are now mandatory in the public sector uh, that, are there, that are in place to, to save how much it costs to run a building. So these collaborative people can be stood around and saying, well, why don't we move that lift and, and then why don't we put sensors in there? And those sensors might give us more information about how people walk around this space and actually intelligently be able to route people around the space. And design decisions can be made in a virtual world before you've even put a spade in the ground. And a lot of these design decisions would usually happen further down the line. Mm -hmm. You know, once the building's been designed and drawn, then somebody from the uh, networks department would have the network and then the IoT and stuff like that. The idea is, is that let's get ahead of that. And so if you can get ahead of that, you can really go through the detail of what you're buying before you pay for it. Which means at the end of, of that entire process, the buyers can come into the environment and say, yep, that's exactly what I want. Nothing needs to be changed and sign off the building. Now, the reason that's massive in construction is because there's a thing called fee burning construction at the moment. And I'll very quickly give you an idea of what that is. In the UK, uh, the government will say, if you want to build a school for me, I will pay you X amount of pounds per square foot. Let's say it's a thousand just for the sake of it being a thousand. They'll issue an RFP and uh, the construction companies will respond to that RFP and it's a thousand pound a square foot. Uh, they'll say yes we'll build you a school for that amount of money. Then what happens is uh, the construction begins and things are wrong because they haven't signed it off in advance. And when things are wrong money gets spent because expensive people have to travel to that site to review what's going wrong and make a decision and go back. Now that decision can take four weeks. Imagine if you could all get together in a collaborative environment and actually solve that problem straight away. 
you reduce that fee burn from four weeks to an hour and the savings massive the savings also uh, good for us all because at the end of the construction project the company can't go back to the government and say we need more money because we've had to spend it due to all the changes we've had to make because the government says no you're not having any more money that really is what we bid for and the unfortunate knockback of that is that the construction project itself has to be impacted and that's the quality of the materials, the quality of the school, if we're going to use schools, I've got kids, I'm quite passionate about it. And so that's one of the use cases that we're running right now um, and we're actually pushing out into the industry to, to solve a problem and, and that is available now. Wow. These, I'm just conscious of time now. So. We've, I think you've, you guys are really taking us through what AI is, VR, MR, can't think of any others. And you talked some really good cases on where, where we can use it, where it could be beneficial that people need to start, or industries, small, medium or large, need to start to think about it and think about how could VR change the experience, help them to, like you say, save money, make money, or, or just make things better. And... And where can people actually see it? Is there anywhere you can go to see this stuff? I know you talked about, uh, Tim, you talked about WebEx and you can download the WebEx, what was it again? It's the, it's the WebEx app. Just just the WebEx the, app, the, it's the in WebEx there. WebEx app, yeah. So it's in there. Search for WebEx and uh, Cisco WebEx and you can download it. And oh, wow. You can test AR functionality. It's surprisingly wow. hard to talk about this stuff, isn't it? No, no, I to, don't know. I, I really love talking about it. Like Andy's just about a construction company. Like being in that environment and seeing it. It's yeah, a far better experience than yeah. I was talking about. Oh, well, yeah, well, you can sort of get that. And that's really eloquently said, right, do you know what I mean? You could even do that for anything constructing. You're building a ship, you're building a tank, you're building a, a hospital, you're building a whatever, isn't it? You, and we've talked about it before about how can technology help with real estate management. Mm. So how can the location analytics that you get from Wi-Fi be help you to understand real, in real time how well your building's been run. You could then go, right, well, this is how our building could look like, as in if we restructure the building to be to make use of our space, do that in virtual reality. You could then go, right, actually, we do need a building. What does it then need to look like? Ooh, the thing is you can get people's feedback on it then as well. Right? Yeah. I think lots of things we see changes made without the users being consulted of it. So mm -hmm. if they could go in that environment and say... Yeah, that looks good. A, re a, really a really lovely idea that I am very keen on, uh, having uh, an eight-year-old and a ten-year-old. I remember when I went to school how scary that was. Just imagine if it wasn't scary. You know, just imagine if I'd been able to walk around it before I walked through the school door so that I knew where my uh, rotor would take me, where I had to be at nine, where I had to be at 11, where I had to be at 12. And if you think of that as a wonderful idea for where virtual reality could be used, think of that in the enterprise now. Think of that from a from a working perspective and how productive I could get and how mm. quickly I could be productive. So, so oh. uh, thanks, Andy. So we've talked about where we can see this in the app. Where can we see this? In, is there anywhere you can go and see this in real life? Is there somewhere? See, seeing is kind of believing some of this stuff, right? So if you want to kind of come and get a, a headset on, experience some of these use cases for, for yourself, yeah, we're, we're blessed to have a demo centre here in in Cisco, in Bedford Lakes, in, uh, in beautiful Feltham. So if any of our listeners want to come and see and you know, really, really experience this stuff, then um, get in touch with, with Justin from the podcast. Hey, you could, <laughs> look, I, thought, I don't want to get him. Yeah, yeah, you can contact us on the podcast if you want. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Cool, famous man. email address. Yeah, yeah, yeah justin.wallen at cisco.com 2010. Or at Twitter, or you can contact us on LinkedIn. Ollie's on LinkedIn as well. Absolutely. At, at Ollie Kenmore, you can kind of be my... Tenth follower. I've got, I've got much, much engagement on there, but um, so you can actually come, come here to and Lakes, see it, get get hands on. You know, Andy well, and I and Tim can walk you through the demo with 
with Pedro, and that might start just kicking off some use cases for, for people. Well, I mean, the really cool thing is, you know, if you have an idea of a VR app that works for you, or you even have a VR app already, and you want to see how it works in, in this sort of collaborative environment, then send us it, and we'll install it, and we'll try it. Yeah, right. Brilliant. Um, anything else? No? Tim? Any no, last nothing, words? Nothing, nothing from me. You sure? You're double sure now? Um, Pedro, is there any Pedro closing any, any comments? All, all good. All good, yeah. I just think people should come and see it. Like we were saying, it's quite hard to explain VR uh, or AR until you actually see it. And uh, I can vouch for it. I've, uh, I've done it. I've tried it. I've walked around a university that wasn't even built yet. And I loved it. And uh, I think people should come around and see it, definitely. Awesome. Thank you, Pedro. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Andy. Justin, for having me having me on yeah thank you for being third if ever you third need string. a substitute for a substitute for, for a, a substitute, substitute. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm your man all right guys thanks very much today thanks andy thanks pedro thanks tim for bringing me to cisco yeah, you're and thank you for contributing today as well uh, and thanks um ollie as well for being a very 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 good very good and nearly taking over and we have to put you back down in your box a bit but, but that, you did very good <laughs> yeah apologies uh, <laughs> um, thanks very much for listening if you want to contact the podcast oh there's one section that we forgot to do oh go on oh my god what I totally it? forgot about the our feature that we do now that I've just remembered it's the your fa- your favourite bit of swag you've got from a conference or Ooh. tech swag that you've got you know you go to a conference you get free stuff um, and also the team works in the city office. They get they get free stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. Over and then the, the and the other one is what's your what what tech jargon would you stick in room one hundred and one? The coffee cup. <gasps> That's probably that, that for me is probably oh, one of the Tim, best I can't things. Can't believe you got that. Um, You're just going to steal it because it was in front of you. No, it's my reusable mug. I'm being the quite a bit. Yeah, walking the dog. You guys think. are smart and ethical. No, no single use plastic. You go when you go walking the dog. I I take that. The, it's got to be a USB charger, really. But everything you've outlined has been stolen off me, and that's because they are useful. So you know the the five prong cable that you talk about. Yeah. They are awesome. They are so awesome that they always go missing. Yeah. Batteries, they go missing. And cups. Mm. It's the only thing that doesn't get stolen. So I have to agree with you, Tim. It's it's my reusable cup. Yeah. There you go, Ollie. Anything? Uh, I got one of those quite those cool water bottles. You put the keeps the cold. cold twenty four hours, hot oh, for twelve good. hours. Yeah. And where do you yeah. get that from? I can't tell you because you'll steal my other ones. Which shows that? Which <laughs> might have been just from a uh, one is, of our is, distributors, actually. Is that that we're giving them away. Oh, were they? Yeah. We're just oh. talking about where we can get free stuff from now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where did you? Has anybody got any any sayings? Any te- any any tech sayings that we'd like to throw away? Well, not even tech sayings. Any sayings? I've got a load. Blue sky thinking. Oh. White space. Oh. Man, but you must have loads. You work in the CTO office. Is built on these. I, sort I of think things. I've been in Cisco so long. I've just come out with them all. I just love them. You like you them now. You embrace them, it. don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's that natural How language. Ollie, I talk to my kids. Ollie, like stop well. texting while you do, while you're on a podcast. Sorry, I was just saying it's time to wrap this up because this is just descended into uh, chaos. Into, all right, into then. I'll, let, I'll edit all the technical stuff out to keep this in. <laughs> all right. Thanks very much for listening.